Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the Vancouver Life Real Estate Podcast and YouTube channel. Today, we are talking about the pre-sale market because just like the resale market, we are seeing records being set. Um, Understandably, the pre-sale market kind of follows what the the resale market does. When resale gets super hot, pre-sale naturally follows. It's essentially a lagging indicator. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I totally. <laughs> yeah, no, I, to, I totally agree. And and we're seeing that right now. I mean, the last sort of time we started seeing kind of numbers that we're seeing was around three years ago, you know? So it's, it's, um, it's almost as if pre-sales have done their own little cycle here and um, they're kind of coming back into, uh, well, they're, they're not just kind of coming back, they're back. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's impressive. I mean, in March, uh, this March, March 2021, I saw 12 projects be released or 1,434 units, right? And 75% of those are concrete condos, right? So, you know, your time frame to build those kind of anywhere between two and a half to four years, right? That's it. So, you know, the projects that came out last month um, included um, one by BOSA called Central Park House. Um, over in Metrotown, there was Concord Pacific building uh, called Concord Metrotown. And then Belvedere um, is kind of the most notable. This was um, a high rise with 227 units in it um, built by Square Nine Developments. And this is in Surrey. It sold out in five days. Oh, we've heard of those stories before. It's been a while since I've heard that, but... Yeah. I mean, for context, you know, Ryan and I kind of lived through that 2016, 2017 heyday when you would literally show up at the realtor preview of a presentation center on day one, and it would just be standing room only, elbows to elbows, hundreds of realtors in a presentation center. I'll never forget, forget, actually, just one anecdotal story about it, which was quite quite hilarious. Um, I, I was lined up kind of like everybody else. Um, I got there super early and uh, we all had these times to kind of go in and um, the the lineup, no, no joke was down the street around the block and into the parkade, right? Like it's ridiculous. And for whatever reason, I got called just before the guy who was in front of me. And so I went around him and as soon as I tried to go around him, no joke, he thought I was budging in the line and he tried to elbow me in the face and <laughs> you know it was like that kind of uh attitude towards towards pre-sales right i think it's a little it's not quite you know like that but same time we're starting to see these interest levels rise and we're starting to see lineups we're starting to see sellouts we're starting to see um a lot of activity That's just it. Hopefully, no more fist fights. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to think. I mean, the era that Ryan's referring to—that was a time when you know you'd have a building that would come out and it would have, let's say, 250 units, and you would have 800 people lined up outside. Yep. So people were literally fighting to get into these units because there was, you know, far more demand than supply. 
Dan, do you remember that one? I think it was in it was somewhere in Surrey, and there were people who were actually being paid to wait in line. Mm-hmm. And right before their time slot to go in, you know, uh, the the realtor who or whoever was paying that person would show up. That person would jump out of line. They'd go back in and they'd take in their party with them. Yep. And you know, some crazy stories like that. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to see that again, but it's starting to heat up like that. It is. And, and yeah, and Ryan's mentioning that because people had to literally sleep overnight outside the presentation center to have a chance at, at buying a home. That's how Crazy. wild it was back Crazy. then. Crazy. So, yeah. you know, back, <laughs> fast forward to today, you know, we are seeing in the resale market, you know, these almost, um, or not almost, these record setting numbers every month, right? The last four months have just been, you know, obviously on a tear. And, it just kind of goes to show when you have these record low or, or near record low inventory levels, interests are going to open up, right? So now all of a sudden pre-sale market becomes interesting, both to end users and of course to investors, right? When you've essentially got an environment where it feels like you can't lose in real estate, which is dangerous, it's, it, you can, but yeah. it feels like you can't. So people are, are feeling more confident than ever. And of course, opening up their wallets to the pre-sale market as well. I think there's a couple things why, and I'd like to just maybe generally discuss why I think pre-sales are a good idea and why I think people are buying them right now. I think if you look at maybe the next sort of five years, right? The one thing that pre-sales do kind of have going for them is there's some stability if you actually get one, right? Once you've made your purchase you, you do have a deposit structure to follow. But if it's two and a half or four years out before you actually see the product, then you know you can ride low markets, you can assign in high markets, you can do lots of things with your pre-sale without having to be tied up in a mortgage. And I think for investors, that's, that's a pretty um, uh, favorable Enticing. position. <laughs> yeah, sure, exactly. To, position to be in, right? Um, the other thing that I, I, I like about them is... Obviously, it's a new product too, right? And and a lot of Vancouver's market and and the surrounding neighborhoods are older stock, right? So revitalizing it with some new stock as well. I think a lot of investors and a lot of people like that idea, right? So, um, it to me, it it you know when you look at the fact that there's you know inventory is, is climbing in the resale market, but not a lot of it is really good stock, right? So a lot of those people are moving over to the pre-sale options because they also don't need to, well, they don't need to tie up in a mortgage, but also banks right now are offering the rates and a rate hold for four years, like BMO, right? You can lock in a rate today. They'll give you a rate. And if it's lower, you can take the lower rate. But if it goes higher, you get your, you get your rate that you signed at today. Right. And that's, that's an attractive feature. That's hugely attractive. And thanks for bringing that up because it's so important. And, and these are, you know, these long-term rate holds that were not available back in 2016, 2017. These would actually be in fistfights if they were. <laughs> highly likely. <laughs> so sure. If you're in this incredibly low rate environment and you're like, well, I can lock this in for three to four years for, uh, until this project completes, of course, that's enticing to somebody. So, you know, that's why I think we're going to start to see an accentuated interest in this pre-sale market mm. um, to kind of touch again here on, on just last month with these 12 projects that were released. Um, the total units was 1,434 units. Um, of those, we saw like 845 of them purchased. Wow. That is a 59% absorption rate. Ooh, that's a lot. 
right? So if you relate that to, let's say, uh, resale, you know, we're, we're at a 59% uh, kind of sales to active listings ratio, which is well into seller's market. Yeah. Obviously, well, 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 well. And of course, when we're talking about records here, this is the highest since early 2018, right? Which echoes a lot of what we've been saying lately about the resale market with the highest uh, HPI price ever, which just eclipsed 2018 as well. Hmm. Amazing. And I mean, that's, that's, it doesn't end there either. I mean, if you actually look back into February, go back a month prior, Mm -hmm. there were nine projects released with 1,684 units came to market. And even that had an absorption rate of 45%, right? So still that's a staggering number there, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and growing clearly. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the thing to really pay attention to is just like resale, uh, when we're seeing the pre-sale numbers accentuate at a very fast pace, uh, I think it's it's a real indicator uh, as to what's going to come in that type of asset. Yeah. And, and the indicators are on both sides, right? Like if it's slow in resale, it's extra slow in pre-sale, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and vice versa. Um, I think COVID too, uh, COVID really slowed down things for investors. Um, you know, developers delayed their launches in many respects. They held back projects. Um, and I almost feel like they held them back a little too long because when you're starting to see absorption rates at 59, 60%, um, they're kind of racing to catch up if anything. Right. And still, till still, sorry, get a piece of this market. Uh, mm-hmm. that's what it, that's what it feels like. But, you know, I, I also think, and I probably should have touched on this a little bit earlier, but the end user too is, I think they're aware of what's happening in the next four to five years in Canada in general, right? Like if you look at um, our immigration rates, which are going to be near half a million in that uh, per year mm-hmm. for the next sort of four to five years, plus 2 million more people that are coming here, right? I mean, most of those people, I mean, those, those units are going to be ready at that kind of time frame, right? Mm-hmm. When the demand is going to be there for it as well. And then you've got exploding tech sector, right? You've got an increasing health and science sector here, right? And these are jobs that are being given to people from all around the world. And, you know, it's no surprise to me that they're looking at the long-term growth and see kind of what we're seeing and saying, well, I don't really need to risk my money. If interest rates decide to go up, I'm going to lock in a rate here for the next four years, and it'll be good for another four years. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a good investment. Yeah, it is. And I think there's something else at play that a few people might be considering when they're going into a pre-sale project right now. And that is the cost or price of construction, of building, Mm -hmm. right? Because people are buying essentially at, let's call it today's prices, um, for a future value of two to four years out, right? For the build time. But what's happening right now as well, outside of just the scales or sorry, the cycles rather that the real estate market goes through is we're seeing an unprecedented increase in the cost to build these properties. Oh my God. Through the roof. Right. One good example, I think of this is, um, one of our clients up in Squamish, right? He built that custom home and Mm -hmm. he pays very close attention to the cost to build properties because he's thinking about another one. And, you know, he was talking to his colleagues that are importing a lot of materials And they literally said, and they came to the conclusion that this house that he built, what was that, two years ago? Um, Uh, Yeah, 2019. Okay. So yeah, about uh, probably finished it, what, a year ago or so. If he were to rebuild that home today, based on the material costs, he said his building costs would be double. Yeah. Just that. I mean, the the cost of timber alone has gone up threefold. 
right? So it now makes, you know, the idea of buying a single family home or the redevelopment of a single family home much tougher to do because of the cost just to build it. I mean, I think down in the States and the reason that this is happening is, you know, we're selling a ton of our lumber to the States right now. In, I can't remember exactly when, I think it was 2018 or into 2017, there were 400,000 new building starts, right? There's 1.2 million mm-hmm. right now that's happening in the States. They're going yeah. through a housing boom as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's driven up the cost of, of materials because we're the biggest exporter of that kind of material, right? Mm-hmm. And so now even builders here having trouble trying to get mater- their hands on materials just to build the products. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Think of that ratio. You literally have three times the amount of uh, building applications in and suddenly lumber costs three times as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, part of what weighs in there is, uh, you know, some people may be looking at this as, okay, I'm going to buy it today's price. The developer has their commitment and of course they need to, um, you know, complete this project. And if it costs them a bit more, well, you know, by the time this thing completes, that means everything around it is going to be costing more as well. Correct. Um, yeah, I, I guess a little bit on the flip side of that is the developers now have confidence in bringing their product to market because the demand is there right? They have a, a much higher likelihood or guarantee of being able to actually get their projects financed because they're going to hit that sales threshold that allow the lenders to give it the green light. And I've, I've gone through a number of different um, projects lately where I've seen developers actually pull their product off the shelf and come back the following week with a higher price, mm-hmm. right? So we're, we're starting to see where you could have got into a project, you know, at a slower time for a much cheaper number. Those very same projects that haven't sold out are now going up in price, right? So something to think about as well. Um, make sure you check in with your developer if that's moved. If you had if you had something, you're you know had your eye on something. Yeah, um, I think a good example too is a project that just launched last week or this week rather uh, up in Squamish, right? There's a lot of interest in Squamish lately. Lasts like five, six, seven years. We've got clients that just completed on a pre-sale that they bought back in 2017 and are extremely happy with the results and the returns that they're getting, both on the rental and the resale aspect. But uh, to give you a bit of a boots on the ground of what's happening this week, example, um, Redbridge in Squamish was uh, released. The online, the virtual uh, kind of uh, presentation to the realtors only drew 600 agents live. Um 600, maybe it doesn't sound like a huge number. There's only it's, 93 units available. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yes, that's phase one, but there's only 93 units available. 600 agents watch this that have clients. I'll tell you myself, I've got six clients right now that want to buy into this one project. And I was just one of 600 agents. So you can imagine so, the demand that's going to be on, uh, on a lot of projects in the upcoming and immediate future. Well, and another thing for maybe, uh, you know, people who are just getting into the pre-sale sort of game and thinking about investing. Um, you know, when you see the big guys come into a place like Squamish, when you see the Bosa's build in Squamish, when you see, um, you know, big U S developers that are coming up to Squamish to build, you know, uh, following construction, you know, and, and the path of construction and, and those big developers, they, you know, they pay analysts, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars every year to try and figure out where the next best place is to, to, to build, right? So following 
following these guys is is a, a very good way to learn about where the next hotspots are going to be. And clearly, you know, when you've got 600 agents coming on for 93 units, and each agent minimum would have one to two possible buyers. I mean, the demand is through the roof. It's mm-hmm. through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. The developer for Redbridge, for example, is uh, Kingswood. And they've got a number of towers in Vancouver and a whole bunch more coming up. And I think the most notable property that you've likely seen is, you know, when you come over the Lionsgate Bridge into Vancouver, you go through Stanley Park. And just as you enter downtown to mm-hmm. the right, right by um, Stanley Park and the little lake that's right there, um, there's that building on the right-hand side. Really cool. Kind of that curved architecture. Yeah. I know, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's one of their buildings. Oh, so beautiful. this group is now up in Squamish. Oh, it just goes to show you, right? I mean, I know that I know Bosa's townhouse uh, development there. I think is a nine phase project, right? Yeah. So they obviously believe in Squamish long term as well. And that's, you know, when you've got the Aquilinis that are up there thinking about building a, a mountain to compete with Whistler, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then you've got, you know, you've got other things in Squamish that are taking place. Like, um, there's basically a mandate in Squamish right now to build townhouses, multifamily, dense, basically densification mandate. And, you know, single family homes, There, there's no new single family home developments. You can tear down an old one now and, and rebuild. But, you know, places like Crumpet, you know, up, or in the Highlands where they were having expansion um, into those single family neighborhoods, they're now, they want townhome only, right? So the value of some of the elements in Squamish are rising as a result of one, the interest, two, the big developers that are there, and three, the future phase planning. It's having an effect on all types of property. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's... um. It's just going to show that, uh, especially in this environment, that demand will continue to outweigh supply. So people are going to get in almost wherever they can. And And Squamish um, is not subject to the foreign buyer's tax, at least not yet. Yeah, that's true. Give it a few days. (laughs) (laughs) 19th is just around the corner, but uh, we'll see. Um, Looking forward here as well. So, you know, if you do have interest in pre-sale projects, our brokerage actually specializes in that and we'd love to help uh, help you explore your options there. In the next couple months, it looks like there's going to be at least nine new projects coming up. And, and this is everywhere from Squamish out to the Fraser Valley and everywhere in between. So there's going to be a good cross-section of both your concrete high-rise and your townhomes available. And uh, of course, we've got our finger on the pulse for all of those. So if you yeah. are interested, please reach out to us and uh, we'd love to kind of have that conversation with you about what a pre-sale could do for you. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I think that kind of wraps up our kind of our talk today on on the pre-sale market and the things that are happening there. It's really good, you know, if you're in the resale game or you you know you've just bought a resale as opposed to a pre-sale, don't fret. <laughs> you're doing fine. At the end of the day, the pre-sale, like we said, is a lagging indicator. The fact that it's where it's at now just shows the strength of the resale market. That's it. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thanks so much, everybody here for watching and listening. Uh, For all of your real estate needs, pre-sale or otherwise, please visit thevancouverlife.com. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all 
at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.